Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Welcome to Radio Rehab. I'm your host, Dana. I'm an addict and alcoholic. This is a show for other addicts and alcoholics and also for their families and for anyone who knows us. If this is your first time listening, we have over 300 episodes in the bank. You can go back and listen to all of them. If you can't get to a meeting right now, which is completely understandable, you can go back and listen to any of our episodes. Please do. We welcome you. And if you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and like us because it makes me happy. Gives me a reason to wake up tomorrow. This week, we talked with author Richard Capriola about his book, The Addicted Child, A Parent's Guide to Adolescent Substance Abuse, which also comes with a workbook. And it was so fun to talk to him because, as you know, uh, you know, I was an adolescent in rehab at one point. Yeah. uh, Finally sober. (laughs) How old were you when you first did your first? That was the first time you did drugs at 16. No, that was my first rehab. Okay, how old were you when you first did drugs? 12? Really? Yeah. I but you know what? I mean, the funny thing is, I didn't like it. It was pot and I was like, this fucking sucks. And I remember somebody putting me in a cab and them dropping me off at my parents' house cuz I didn't want to be the, at the person I, I didn't want to sleep over. I was so like horrified by what the other girls were doing. It involved sexual acts with dudes. I, and I was just so like, this, no, nah, this ain't my scene. So I left and I got in a cab and I'm just like, as my dad liked to remind me for the next 8,000 years, you're lucky you didn't get raped in the cab. Dude, the cab driver was a nice guy. He picked me up in Encino and dropped me off in North Hollywood. Like he was a good dude. So yeah, I stumbled out of the cab, went home, like went to bed. And uh, I never, I didn't smoke pot again for like a long ass time. I thought, so when I finally started doing drugs, you know, when I was 15, I was like, ugh, pot, ew, no, I hate drugs. I just didn't realize I liked heavy narcotics and not pot. So then what got you hooked? I know we talked about this before, but I can't remember. Speed. Speed. Yeah, speed, because I was so tired and depressed and slovenly and just hating life. It was speed. Duh, we actually talked about that. You talked to Richard about that in your in the episode. <laughs> episode. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was, it was it was really hard for me to function and go to school. And like, yeah, what we talked about with Richard was like, that's when my parents knew the 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 gig was up because I was doing homework like at 11 o'clock at night one night and I'd never done homework in my life. And they were like, oh, uh-uh, something's wrong. Um. Uh, yeah, well, it's funny because you know how uh, they say that your growth is stunted the minute you start doing drugs, arrested so, and, development, absolutely. Right. And and so, when you told me when you just said like two seconds ago that uh, the first time you did pot was when you were 12 or 13, I'm like, oh, well, that makes That's sense. You like that's why she plays Mad Libs alone on the toilet at night. Yeah, that's me. That's no, why. I, that's why our weekly roundup episode is called A Deuce. A Deuce. <laughs> no, yeah, humor is funny to me. Give me a toilet and a joke, and I'm a laugh. <laughs> well, that's why whenever my cut co- or my cousins, whenever my nephews do fart, poop, or butt jokes, I have to send them to you. 
I, and I appreciate them so much. like more than anything I see on the internet that day. I'm like, oh, poop, poop is funny. <laughs> That's my issue, but but it was really good to have him on. Like, I wish he could have been my counselor when I was in rehab, when I was an adolescent, because he was so understanding and so knowledgeable about what we were talking about that I feel like I could have really related to him or I, even if I couldn't relate to him, I feel like I would have understood him if he talked to me. There were some counselors I had that I did not get at all. Hmm. But he, if he was my therapist back then in, in one of the adolescent treatment centers I was in, I, I would have gotten him. Hmm. Like he's really smooth. His, his, it's, it's very knowledgeable and by the book and, and based on brain chemistry. And I love that. Like, I would have loved to have heard that. Well, he's very, he's very calming. He's almost, he is kind of like, he's kind of built. He's it's like, that's kind of what he's made for, you know, to, to almost like, um, like a, like, like a a high school counselor or something like that. You know what I mean? You know, like where he's not the one I had (laughs) mine sucked. I hope he's not listening. Yeah, no, no offense. You, you hope your your you hope your high school counselor isn't listening. Yeah, because he sucked. Like, <laughs> Rick was great. Like he was a rich. Well, he was great. That well, that's what I'm saying. Is that he? Well, I okay. We clearly have different ideas of high school counselors, but it's just yeah. like I look as like a high school counselor as like a supportive person that can, you can, you know, kind of talk you through things and kind of talk you off the ledge, almost like a sponsor. So he's yeah. like a, he's like a, an adolescent sponsor. If you will. Yeah, he's like an adolescent sponsor, he's got all the good stuff. He's got all the information, all the knowledge. Like he really knows what he's doing. And I love how he works with the whole family because that's so important is to work with the whole family, you know, cause that's where it, that's, where the addiction comes in and and that's where the addiction continues to grow when the family won't dial it in and do what somebody else says. And he's got some really great ideas in this book. And I think everybody who has a kid who may or may, even if your kid's not addicted, I think you should get it just to know, because what we talked about, about like relating to your child, if you're a parent and gaining some trust with them, like that's a skill. Mm-hmm. Martial arts skill, and it, it like he's got some excellent ideas on well, how to do that. I think that was kind of yeah the way yeah my takeaway too is like the point of it is that it's good to it's good to come across uh, Richard's book just for the fact that even if you're like if you're not in the situation where your kid is going through this, it also gives you some education on if that were to happen you know like before to see the signs early and to to see the behavioral changes and to see all of that before things get too off the deep end yeah and even other people's kids it's even helpful for other people's kids you can offer advice to people's parents or to you know the parents of kids that you know when you read this book because it kind of tells you how to deal with the situation Mm -hmm. but um but yeah no what i really liked is um uh, a little behind the scenes stuff is he sent us a, a very sweet thank you note afterwards. And he was really, he, he's like, Oh, your, your insight, Dana, and what you brought to the table, just, you know, heightened the conversation. And so he really enjoyed talking to you. And that was, that's awesome. You know, he's such a sweet guy. And, um, yeah. and I yeah, and, too. 
but that was the thing is like that's what makes this i mean like that's what i think is you know like if we're going to talk about what the added advantage that we have for doing radio rehab is your experience is in your personal you know your personal story that kind of ties into all the people that we talk to because you know you've we've said it before you've been through it and tenfold and you know like you 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 know you blow you're that emoji where the brain comes off to people (laughs) yeah i'm mind-blowing i know (laughs) it's funny because i was on the phone with my dad's sponsor who i think has 40 something years now or something insane last night and um he was there and i completely forgot about this until last night he was like do you remember the last time i saw you in person uh, and I didn't, and we started talking about it. The last time he saw me in person, my mom and I, and I, dude, I swear I would have told you about this, but I forgot. I blanked it out. We got into a fist fight and I kid you negative. She locked me in her closet and called my dad's sponsor. My dad was on tour. Otherwise he would have been there and he would not have allowed her to lock me in the closet because he was on my team. Well, cause he's me, <laughs> you know, he would have separated us, but he would not have allowed me to be locked in a closet. So finally, after I was let out of the closet, by the way, I had ripped all of her expensive clothing up by the time I was let out of the closet. Wait, how old were you? It was a big walk-in closet. Uh, I'm going to say like 19, 20, (laughs) something like that. Yeah, I I mean, I had sold and stolen all of their belongings. And Fred, my dad's sponsor, showed up at the house and he goes, look, here's the deal. Your parents don't want to watch you die. How's that? If you're going to die, if that's your decision, get the fuck out. He said it much more gently than that, but that's what he was saying. If you want to get clean, we're all here for you. If you want to keep breaking your parents' heart and making them wait on the cop call that says you're dead every night, get the fuck out. And I just remember going, because I'm this, I'm this kind of addict, I remember going, I can work this situation. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, all right. So what you want to hear is that I'm ready to get clean, even though I'm not. So, okay, I guess I have to. And that's when I started selling my body instead of selling their stuff. Seriously, I was I was that I was that bad of a case. Wow. Yeah, see there, mind blown again. <laughs> yeah. So you were getting into fist fights with your No, that was the we've it's only happened twice. It happened once in sobriety. Uh and that's a whole nother situation. Once in sobriety in this last case of sobriety or uh, yeah. really? Yeah. I, I was in the car and it was just, I mean, all my mom saw because here, here I am 38 years old or no, 39 years old with just my ideas. And this is what you need to do to help me. And I'm sorry you wasted all your money before because you chose to put me in rehab and I didn't want to be there. Um, now I'm ready for help. But that fist fight was just kind of, let's forget that fist fight. It was in the car. It wasn't really a fist fight. It was like, pop, pop, we're done. Um, and then she called her boyfriend so he could hear me yell at her after she had chewed me out for five hours. This is also, we have to remind everybody, this is also, if this was when you were 39, this was, you were newly sober. So this is like- Literally five seconds. Like this is those days of those- early recordings that I have of you when you were talking out your mouth, like uh, on my neck and your ass and everything other like when I play them for you, you're like, 
don't ever play that unless for me again. To, unless it has to do with a certain Uber Lyft person, in which case uh, I've already worked all the steps around that. Um, the, the important part, though, is my mom was trying to get me, shove me into her closet because she had just called my dad's sponsor. Right. She's she, and by the way, you know, my mom, she has like, I think, over like a million dollars in clothes and shoes. So her closet wasn't a little tiny closet. Don't think I was being abused. It was a big walk in fucking closet with all of her clothes in it. But she still shoved me in it and locked the door and I couldn't get out from the inside. And it was only for like five minutes. I don't know how long it was. I'm surprised I didn't blow that door down until my dad's sponsor showed up. And I have so much respect for that man that I couldn't yell at him. I could yell at my mom. All, you know what I mean? Like we're very enmeshed and we have an intense relationship. I could yell her all day when he got there and she knew this and that's why she called him. I would not yell at him. And I didn't. And he, it made very much sense for him to say, look, if you're going to keep using, you leave. If you want to get clean, we're here for you. And all I heard was, I mean, I just remember feeling so attacked, but understanding what he was saying to me. Like, I get it. So he, he you forgot about this. Uh, you forgot about this, this, this little. I did, yeah. And he reminded you about it. And yeah. it took you 25-ish years to get it right. Let's just go with 20. <laughs> ego let's just go 20 <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> yeah i forgot i mean i blocked it out i just it was not it wasn't a good moment i i didn't block at the time i almost drove my mother over when i stole their car oh i know that idiot, one yeah because her idiotic ass decided to try to stop me with her hand when i was dope sick i i still think we need to like do uh a dana cm Episode. Let's do it. Part do part do on Zoom where we can talk about. Well, I mean, like how how sober were you back then? You were one year sober when we did that episode. That sounds right. You know, I can only judge by my haircut and the picture who cut my hair. Um, because I had a very like blunt haircut in that picture, and I don't remember who did that. Okay, so your sister in law. Because I look back at that picture, I'm like, who the who cut my hair like that? Uh, I have no idea who that was. It was not your sister-in-law, and it was definitely not. It was not my gorgeous Georges. Uh, pretty, pretty collective. Valencia and I think 21st Street in San Francisco, if you're listening. Always go to Georgia. She's amazing with the razors. Uh, she, Yeah, she did a great job of my hair, but somebody gave me some funky haircut because I remember those pictures. And then we went to eat sushi later, me, my mom, and Fletcher. Uh, but yeah, I remember that those episodes being really intense. Like I could hardly eat when we went to get dinner. It was like, I, it was, my stomach was upset because I don't think I had heard her talk about how much I'd broken her heart until then. I like, mean, to this day, I still hear people come up to me and go, those are some of the most powerful episodes yeah. ever. Yeah. And, and I mean, my mom is my best friend right now. It's so funny. I was telling my dad's sponsor last night on the phone. We talked. I'm like, you have no idea how much I love that woman now. And we cried a little bit like it was very impactful. I never stopped loving my dad, but I definitely blamed a lot of shit on my mom. And that was all me. 
You know, I, she was angry. She wasn't one of us. My dad was me. He was an addict. So he got me in a way that she didn't. He was more sensitive to me in a way that she wasn't. Because in her mind, she's like, who are you that went into my child's body and stole my child? Like, I remember her saying, and and it's so funny because ironically, she texted me about this couple that she was friends with that I used to call the attractive couple. Like, they're just so gorgeous. They look like they're out of an ad. Um, they both went to Harvard, but anyway, I remember her bringing them over to the house and I was just sitting there on the couch and she goes, there's my child stoned on heroin. Don't talk to her. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like 19 or 20. I just remember looking up being like, fuck you. But like, I look back now and like, we're still friends with that family. And like, I know their child and my mom and I have like a really great relationship now. And that's the steps. It's the steps. It's yeah. not, it's not a meeting based recovery and it's not just calling yourself sober and being dry. Those are the steps. That's why I'm, I'm good friends with my mother and love her to death today. So conversations with mama Kate was February, uh, 13th, uh, oh. which, you know, it was around Keith's, um, yeah, Keith, anniversary. On February 8th. their anniversary yeah. was February 14th and his birthday was February 18th. So like yeah. Billy Joe Armstrong and Green Day says, wake me up when September ends. I feel that way about February. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, what's it called? That was, yeah, uh, 2017. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So it's been four years. You know, a lot has changed Shit. since February 22nd. Or February. Yeah, we had no idea. It could have been a three year break in our conversations. And then I call you back later from jail. Like, hey, Shar, I'm in prison. <laughs> oh, my God. That's what I thought. Beard yeah, right hey, that's what I thought was going to happen. Those were, I, we've talked about this a bazillion times before, but oh, yeah, there we were don't. times that I would just pick up the phone and call your old number. And see what happens. And like, uh, there would be times where it would go to voicemail and it was still your number. And I'd be like, oh, well, at least your number still works. And then there were times that I would call and then it was just like, oh, that's no longer your number. And I'm like, well, that's that. Right. I distinctly remember selling that iPhone at, I believe it was a GameStop on mission in San Francisco in the real ugly part of the mission too, like up by 24th, 25th where that GameStop was. I sold, I sold every piece of audio I had. God, I don't even want to think about it. It makes me sick. I had such good vinyl. Like I don't even care about the iPhone and the Blackberry, whatever else I sold. I had such good vinyl, but yeah, I got rid of all that. I sold every last thing I had to pay for this disease and I don't have any of it anymore, but I'm still here. But you're still here. And I'm still fucking here and I'm sponsoring a lot of people now too, which is crazy. That's what's, by the way, that's what's keeping me sober is uh, because now at first I hated the whole Zoom AA thing, AA, NA, like whatever A you're doing. I, I hated Zoom because it's not how it's supposed to be, but I've gotten really into Zoom and I've spoken at like international meetings and meetings in other states. And and now I have a bunch of sponsees and that's literally what's saving my ass right now is I'm walking so many people through the steps that the steps are now working through me. That's awesome. Badass. Yeah. I'm really like, I'm super grateful for that. 
No, it's great. Um, yeah, and you know, we're like I said, we're ramping up. This is our first series that we've done this year, and you know, we should we're gonna try to get Kate. We're trying to try to book some stuff for Slam Dance. Yep. Uh, your spo- your sponsor Kathy, your sponsor Kathy is on sabbatical, so we don't know if we're gonna get her right away. Yeah, I gotta find out. Yeah, she's taking a drive across the United States and um, maybe relocating. But yeah, hopefully I can get her on. I mean, I need to do a fifth step with her anyway, so we'll be we'll be able to get her on. That's what that's what you tell me. See, eating really amazing food that we can't have here when she's not busy doing that and looking at like you know beautiful Tejas in Louisiana, then, then we can get her on. But, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've got a guest. Um, we're recording this uh, on the heels of us recording with Rick yesterday. Yeah. So we still have a week uh, to go before we know exactly who's going to be next week's guest. All right. So, uh, you know, keep listening to our episodes. If you have, if you've missed any, go back and listen to those. Like I said, we've got Richard Capriola, who wrote The Addicted Child, Parent's Guide to Adolescence and Substance Abuse, which also comes with a workbook, which is amazing. And I highly suggest it for anyone, even if your kid is not an addict. It's just really good information on how to talk to your teenager and your child. And uh, coming up after that, we have somebody who I'm going to pick who's going to be awesome because I wouldn't, you know, settle for anything less. If you want to be on the show or you know anyone who should be on the show, please contact us. The email is radiorehab at gotoproductions.com. That's go-toproductions.com. You can also call or text 415-496-9511, even when we're not in studio. And on all the socials, it's at Radio Rehab Dana, D-A-Y-N-A. Thank you for listening. Keep coming back.